Hello, everyone. I'm Rob Thomas with Club and Resort Business, and welcome to another episode of Club and Resort Talks. Today's episode is sponsored by Southern Aluminum, the leading manufacturer of innovative linenless meeting and event furniture. For more than 40 years, they have pioneered a wide range of furniture, including meeting and banquet tables, event cocktail tables, mobile nesting buffets, mobile bar and beverage systems, retail style shelving, and much more. Their suite of linenless solutions can complement any space uh, designed through multifaceted product customization. You can learn more at southernaluminum.com. Now that we got that out of the way, let's introduce you to Phil Karen, our senior editor. Phil, how's it going? I'm doing well, Rob. How are you? Well, terrific, terrific. So what's going on in the news? What are you seeing? Oh, a lot of fun stuff. A lot of creative things going on in the news uh, this week. There was, um, for example, there's a new golf course and supporting restaurant opening in Baytown, Texas, near Houston, uh, called T36 at Baytown. Uh, and it's a first of its kind golf course. I'm actually trying to picture this exactly. As its description says, it actually wraps two loops through nine through nine common fairways connected to two separate green complexes. Of course, has double tee boxes, double green complexes from a common fairway. And, you know, one of the big sort of selling points of the course is that it's built on a little less than 65 acres of land, which is about 50% less than the acreage on a traditional, you know, 18 hole par 72 golf course uh, also means, you know, having this sort of less space, if you will, also means uh, in this case, about 40% less water is being used on this course compared with a typical uh, 18 hole golf course. So I thought it was cool because uh, I know a lot of golf courses are trying to take steps to reduce the amount of water they're using. I know that's been a pretty common story we've had throughout the year uh, that we've watched and posted on, uh, but in this case, though, with T36 at Baytown, I think it's interesting because it's actually a more proactive approach to conserving water and the other resources. Because first and foremost, you're starting with less land. So, you know, you don't need to use as much water and it's a, a very efficient use of space. And it'll be interesting to see how uh, the course does down there in Texas. That sounds terrific. I know sustainability is a big buzzword. And um, we've had uh, Augustine Pisa, Ozzy, Augie, on our podcast before uh, talking about sustainable golf and it sounds like something he's done with the loop um and i know they just recently today we posted as a matter of fact on our website about a pitching putt that he did in lima peru so um small areas uh you can put a lot of golf in there and uh very innovative sounds good uh congratulations kudos to uh baytown 36 and i should mention i forgot to mention their names the developers it's david uh hinkle and rio valeriano uh, they've launched it. It's, it's the T36 golf brand, if you will. And the idea is to kind of um, welcome both the traditional golfer as well as newer golfers to the game. And that's another thing we've talked about a lot throughout the year. Um, and I think it's interesting because the project kind of, it seems to the, yeah, captures kind of a couple of the big issues that we've been talking about throughout 2023 here. Uh, having golf courses working to try to be more environmentally friendly and also, secondly, on the people side of it, an effort kind of to welcome more people to the game of golf through different entry points. You know, we've talked about the golf retainment and putting courses and such. In this case, though, it's kind of it, this will be fun because it's a more um, an unconventional type of golf course here trying to, use, you know, maximizing um, the space it has. And it'll be interesting to see how it does down there. 
Yeah, more entryways, the better, right? Like also similar to, um, I know it's a bit much smaller scale, but we were talking about um, what it was called, uh, putts and pints in yes. West Des Moines, uh, Iowa. And that's just miniature yeah. golf. It's like basically mm -hmm. an arcade, but another entry into golf. You get little kids thinking, hey, you know, I can putt. I'm just going to take it to the big course. And cool. uh, fantastic. More, more the better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, shifting gears a little bit, although still on the um, staying in the environmental realm, we saw a story this week, too, that Mesa Country Club, Mesa, Arizona, um, they are doing a $10 million renovation, which includes modernizing their irrigation system. And it's going to help save an estimated 21 million gallons of water each year, uh, which is actually about 10% of its current water use. And I thought this was interesting. Some kind of examples of how some uh, technology is going to help with uh, making things more sustainable uh, and environmentally friendly. Uh, one of the big parts of the upgrade is that the watering system will be set up such that there will be sort of individual controls of each sprinkler head. So you can, employees there can really do a good job to be fairly precise and control how much water is getting on a certain area and sort of avoiding overuse, I guess, of the resource. And um, it, it's great to see that. Also, that the other thing about it is, as I understand it, they're going to re-turf the course with two new strains of the hybrid Bermuda grass that actually require less water. And also, possibly, they were saying, possibly to allow the course to go without uh, overseeding during the, the season as well. So some good stuff there to see in that case, you know, again, technology helping with uh, the sustainability issue as well. Yeah. Overseeding is one of those things that may be going away at the dinosaur. Um, mm -hmm. I, I know as we've heard it a number of times, a number of courses that are, are uh, taking steps to uh, stop overseeding ton of water uh, man hours, not to mention seed and all that kind of stuff that goes on. And it's really a tough, tough process, but it's something that they've done for years in uh in the south or deep south in the southwest so uh good on them i also think they're going to be possibly removing 25 30 acres of uh irrigated turf that's not really in play but not mm. replacing it with desert scape so i'm kind of surprised or kind of curious as to what you do when you're taking out turf in arizona but not replacing it with with desert scape so mm. i'm sure the designers have lots of ideas uh, right. more to come on that one right that will be interesting to see what happens that's i'm sure they've got everything planned out well but it will be interesting to see what happens with that as yeah. time goes along yeah the other thing was uh, it's actually staying in the state of arizona uh i didn't quite stay with one state this time but we'll have two with uh, arizona today uh and i was excited about this because this is something i did an interview about on club and resort talks back in september uh, we were looking at uh, Rolling Hills Golf Course down in Temp out in Tempe, Arizona, which is now owned by Grass Clippings. Uh, that golf course now will be offering nighttime golf all the time, uh, daily, nightly play, uh, midnight Friday through Sunday, uh, or I'm sorry, nightly play until midnight on Friday through Sunday on the weekend there. And then up until 11 PM weekdays, Monday through Thursday, uh, pretty exciting stuff. Actually speaking of on the environmental side of things or energy efficiency, I guess, uh, they have about 70, 78 led lights that will light up the golf course, uh, which I guess at nighttime, it's going to play as a par 54, 
par three golf course. Uh, it'll be an executive length course with both par threes and par fours uh, during the daytime. Uh, golfers will be able to track their ball flight through the night sky. Uh, and the holes will, themselves are 90 to 200 plus yards. But it's a, exciting stuff, Rob, to see that they're, it'd be interesting to see how this uh, works out for them out in Arizona. I spoke with Pete Wilson, the co-founder of Grass Clippings, uh, back in September about the project that he and a group of friends had founded the company. And this is one of the multiple sort of pursuits they have in the golf world, in this case of actually operating this golf course, which they, I believe, if I remember this right, they're, they're in a lease arrangement with the city of Tempe, Arizona. So I'm interested to see how that works out for them. As we have talked about before, this will be helpful. We know it's very hot in Arizona. Have some golf here in nighttime. Uh, I'm sure you're going to attract a, a lot of players out there. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, so that's just started, right? So I think yeah. what you said, uh, it's the course itself opened up at the beginning of November, uh, night golf beginning of December. So we're, we're on it now. We're, we're in the thick of it. Uh, it's, it's playable. Um, come summer is when I think it's going to get a lot of uh, attention, you know, when the, when the snowbirds are up here maybe, but people are down there wanting to keep playing golf and it's too darn hot, hot during the day. Uh, mm -hmm. Who wants to play at 105 degrees, right? So let it cool down, get out there and play under the lights uh, until midnight. So uh, on the weekends, have a couple of pops with you or something like that. Maybe start your start your weekend off right. Absolutely. Well, and I was thinking too, of course, it's also in addition to the weather issue for people who if you have a daytime job and you're working during the day. And hey, guess what? You can play around a golf in the evening. You don't have to worry about trying to beat the daylight. You get to head out to the links and uh, try things out. Yeah, well, when I was a kid, when the streetlights came on, it's time to go home. So, uh, let's, you know, it's probably a little different when you're an adult and you're on the golf course. But, uh, you know, keep it going, right? Keep playing. Absolutely. And I think it's exciting, too, because it's kind of um, – I was remembering uh, – I think I played nighttime golf once with a group of friends. And, and then my parents, when the club we belonged to, neighborhood club I, we belonged to when I was growing up, I remember them attending a couple of nighttime golf events, you know, the glow in the dark golf balls. And it was just kind of a novelty thing and it was kind of fun, but nobody ever seemed to give serious consideration to the idea that a golf course could be open uh, for nighttime play on a regular basis. And it'll be, be interesting to see if it's truly um, a game changer, if you will, especially out in the Southwest there where it's so hot. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly could catch on. And if it does, you know, it's a matter of uh, installing the electric, I mean, the electricity's out there. Uh, yep. A matter of putting some lights, uh, some posts up and, um, and going from there, I can see a lot of courses doing that. Maybe just adding, you know, making their championship course into a uh, par three course at night, even if it's just nine holes, uh, you know, put some lights up and, and let's go. Yeah. I was going to say golf under the stars. Sounds great. Sounds like a uh, lot of fun. I would love it. I'd, I, I certainly, I've not tried it, but uh, I'm looking forward to giving it a try, whether it's down in uh, Tempe, Arizona, or right up here in Cleveland, Ohio, wherever in, in between, I'm looking forward to trying it. Absolutely. Should be so great. You had mentioned you had mentioned grass clippings as far yes. as uh, managing the property. Uh, they're the, the, the brainchild behind this project. Well, uh, I spoke with segueing into our um, our podcast guest, Tom Everett, who's the president of Landscapes Golf Management. Uh, if you've been reading our website, clubresortbusiness.com, you'll uh, you would have read about Contentment Golf Club in Trap Hill, North Carolina and Mapleton Golf Club in South Dakota. Uh, two projects that uh, Landscapes Golf Management is behind. Uh, so stick around. 
listen to everything Tom's got to say. He also wrote a column for us, I guess it was last year. Um, how do you cultivate culture that produces high performers? So a lot of good points in that column. Uh, I will reference that in the, in the copy below, but uh, he also touches upon that in our conversation. So without further ado, let's get to Tom. Hi, welcome back to the uh, Club Resort Talks podcast. I'm here with Tom Everett, president of Landscapes Golf Management. Tom, welcome to the show. Hey, Rob. Uh, great to finally meet you, at least virtually. And uh, thanks for having me. This is terrific. Thank you for taking time out of your day. Uh, if you could, please give us a quick little uh, elevator pitch about what Landscapes Golf Management does. Sure. Um, I, I love to do that. Um, Rob, we, uh, we provide uh, full service um, management services to uh, a portfolio of about <clears throat> 60 properties uh, across the country in 24 states, um, everything from very affordable daily fee to, to very high-end, uh, exclusively private. Um, and uh, we have a team of about uh, 30 people that, that serve those clients and uh, we're serving municipal clients. We're serving boards of directors, um, private owners, and uh, really just helping uh, our clients uh, achieve the objectives that they have for their property. So it keeps you busy. And we, do that, we do that through a full service approach as well as a limited scope. Um, you know, we'll customize a, a service delivery for, for whatever our clients uh, needs and objectives are. Right. Terrific, terrific. So uh, definitely uh, fills a much needed hole in the industry. I'm sorry, you cut out on me there for a second, Rob. Sorry. So you definitely fill a, a much needed hole in the industry. You bet, you bet. Yeah. Um, what, yes. Real quick, what trends are you seeing across the golf industry as a whole? You know, I've been doing this for about 35 years, Rob, and it, there's never been a better time to be in the industry. Um, you know, just the surge in popularity. Um, you know, there's uh, there's a hunt. You know, almost, or I should say, more than uh, a third of every U.S. American connects um, with the industry in some way, um, and whether that's uh, a casual observer. Um, or uh, just, you know, a casual observer. Um, and, uh, you know, whether that's following Steph Curry and because he's a, he's a golfer, um, you know, and everywhere. And then kind of the next bucket of participant that I see, um, Rob, is, is what I like to call golf attainment um, and the surge in that popularity. And, you know, that's really about using golf to socialize, whether that's at, at Top Golf or, um, you know, the, the rise in popularity of simulator golf at the, you know, the five iron facilities or um, pop stroke. Uh, you know, they're just using golf as a vehicle to, to have uh, some beverages and, and socialize with their friends. Um, and then also just, you know, those that are you know, playing in a, uh, in a scramble once a year with, you know, uh, whether it's a charity scramble or, or whatever it is. And then finally, kind of the, the third bucket that I see is, uh, you know, those that are avid golfers or um, competitive golfers. And, 
whether that's uh, you know young kids participating in drive, chip, and putt, or you know uh, uh, a female participating in executive women golfer, um, you know uh, private club members that are playing on a regular basis. I um, and then those that are competing, you know, trying to get better every day. I'm on the board of the, uh, the Nebraska Golf Aso Amateur Golf Association, and um, you know our uh, our participation in in all of our state championships up state championships is is up about ten percent. Um, so, you know, just the the surge in popularity. Um, I'm really optimistic about the future. You know, there's uh, over, you know, 35% of the, the active golfers um, are 34 years and, and younger. So, you know, that that bodes well for, for the future. Um, there's, uh, there's, you know, 20 million um, people that have expressed interest in golf. So, um, you know, a really strong latent demand and, uh, and you know, just the, the potential that exists in uh, converting golfers from uh, you know off course the the non golf course um, venues to to actually being avid golfers so really uh, a great time to be uh, in the industry lots of lots of possibilities exist out there yeah we always say COVID was brutal I mean COVID beat the heck out of the world but really had great effect on golf industry as a whole whether yeah. it's your daily fee courses or private clubs, private club memberships are way, way up. Uh, uh, the uh, wait lists are growing at so many clubs that really were struggling prior to. So, you know, tough on COVID, but boy, thank you. Yes. You know, wait lists across our portfolio, Rob, um, of our member, uh, uh, member clubs anyway. Um, and, and that really has, uh, has helped serve uh, our sister company too. You know, their clubs are, are healthier and uh, have the, have the uh, opportunity to, to reinvest in their, in their facilities, whether that's rebuilding their bunkers or replacing their irrigation system or, you know, our, uh, our construction um, business is, has never been busier. So um, it's really uh uh, a, a great time to be in the industry it really is lots of lots of potential out there very exciting hey you talked about golf as a whole um big picture uh narrowed down a little bit to what you're seeing in the private club industry you had mentioned uh your member clubs waitlists are, are uh you know full uh yeah. talk a little bit about what you're seeing in the in the private club industry as opposed to general golf yeah um you know that's uh, that's in that's interesting. By virtue, Rob, of those wait lists, you know, where uh, you, as a private club member, you used to be able to walk out to your to your club and and get on the the first tee, you know, without too much problem. Where well, you know, those tee sheets are, are jam packed, and and it's really created an interesting um, opportunity. We happen to have developed um, a cup, uh, a new private club here in metropolitan Omaha, and uh, the darn thing, Rob, was sold out before we opened. And it's just focused on core golf. There's no, no swimming pools, no, no pickleball, no tennis, no weddings, um, just really high quality golf. So what we saw was, um, you know, members of those other full service private clubs. Um, you know, we're looking for, for a place where, you know, the, the volume was a little lower and, 
And so maybe what they did was they, they retained those country clubs, if you will, maybe as a social member um, for, for the wife and kids and, um, and then joined um, the, this new club that we developed. And so we're doing that again in, in, uh, in the Sioux Falls market. Um, also, uh, Rob, the, the, uh, the continued popularity of uh, destination golf development. Um, we're, uh, we're developing, um, building and, and helping get open uh, a, a private club um, about an hour and a half north and, and west of Charlotte. So, um, you know, just our, our destination private clubs that we're involved with are, um, you know, extremely active. And, and so um, I don't really see uh, an end to that um, kind of market dynamic uh, either. So, um, yeah, private clubs are, uh, our country clubs are full. Um, we're seeing some new development in just private core golf. And then uh, the continued popularity of of the destination private club as well. So now you've touched. I have two courses specifically, and you've mentioned them both kind of on a flyover there. Contentment okay. Golf Club, that's the Trap Hill, North Carolina club, right? Yeah. And yeah. Mapleton Golf Club in South Dakota. Yeah. Uh, different different properties, obviously different parts of the country um, and different focuses. But can you talk a little bit about what landscapes? is doing with both of those properties. Yeah, you bet. Happy to. You know, um, Rob, in, we uh, manage the portfolio of properties for the city of Sioux Falls and have for about the last six years or so. And, and so very familiar with that market. Um, great golf participation market. In, and there's two, uh, essentially two private clubs in that market that were um, on extremely long waiting lists. And um, I reached out to a, uh, a colleague in the area and I said, Hey, let's, uh, let's, um, you know, Sioux Falls needs another, another private club to relieve some of that pressure. And so, um, we teamed up and, and, uh, found some investors and, and, uh, put the deal together, found the land. And, uh, we've just broke ground here in the last 30 days and it's going to be spectacular. Um, we've already, uh, we're already north of a hundred memberships sold and we just broke ground, um, looking to open, um, you know, late summer, 2025. And, uh, so we are going to, um, we're, we're, we're managing the, uh, the pre-opening, um, development. So all the membership, um, related activity, the grow in, um, we're going to project, uh, program manage the vertical structure. So we'll build the the clubhouse and the, the maintenance facilities and cart storage, and we're going to have some lodging. So we'll project manage that. And then uh, we're building the golf course as well. So um, contentment, what a great story. It's uh, It's been being written for about the last 15 or 16 years. Um, a successful uh, businessman from uh, Davidson, North Carolina had the idea of building this, uh, this, building a, a world-class golf course um, on his uh, grandparents' uh, land. Um, you know, he visited his grandparents on this 900-acre piece of land uh, as he was growing up and and uh, just really admired his grandfather for, um, 
for being, you know, just as, as content as anyone could be, didn't have material wealth, but, um, you know, whenever he visited him, he was just, uh, content by, you know, working the land. And so that just made it a, made an impression on him. And, um, he wanted to, uh, honor his grandparents and his grandfather by, um, building a, uh, a world-class, uh, golf destination on their land and, and it's called contentment and again um, we're working with him um, to uh, to really Rob um, leverage the expertise of our team to help him achieve his vision is really what it's all about and uh, so we're working with him on the membership development on the um, you know the uh, uh, vertical structures, um, helping him get all those out of the ground. We'll have, uh, we'll start off with about 24 beds, um, there, um, um we're building, uh, just broke ground here in the last 45 days there as well. So building the golf course program and project managing the vertical structures, and then, um, doing everything, uh, operationally to, to get the, uh, the, the club up and running. So really what a proud great of story. Great, great. You know, the thing about it, Rob, is um, it's about the people. Um, you know, we uh, somehow have a way of finding um, opportunities to work with just great people across our portfolio. Um, and and the people in uh, at Mapleton and in Sioux Falls are some of the best. And, and I can say the same about um, you know, the people in, uh, in North Carolina too. So really, uh, makes my job enjoyable. Yeah. And people is what it's all about, right? I mean, that's from, mm -hmm. from top to bottom. That's, that's what we're in for. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. We, uh, it's in our logo. Um, you know, we, uh, we try to focus on culture and, uh, you know, providing a, a great environment for talented people to, to succeed in and, and uh, a culture of excellence uh, in the service that we provide um, for our clients and, and uh, you know, just uh, transparency and, and integrity, um, a culture of, you know, transparency and integrity with our clients. So um, it's a great industry, um, really enjoy it. Hey, speaking of services, uh, we recently ran a story about uh, Landscapes Golf Management uh, introducing a tea time uh, notification system to your daily fee courses. And I believe there's going to be kind of a private uh, component coming out. Can you talk us a little bit about uh, the benefits that you're seeing at your daily fee courses with the uh, notification, what it's all about? Yeah, um, Notify. We partnered up with uh, Jake and his team about 30 days, uh, probably about 120 days or so ago. And just, uh, you know, as full as T-sheets are, um, you know, we saw an opportunity um, with Jake and his team to, to implement this across our portfolio. And um, I can't speak uh, specifically to those statistics that, but um our uh, our golfers are um, utilizing it, um, and it's helping drive incremental rounds. Rob, uh, you know, um, somebody calls and makes a tee time, plans change, and uh, you know we have to have somebody standing in line um, behind them to fill those spots when they get uh, when they get canceled. You know, in the in the last minute, and um, so it's uh, couldn't be happier with our partnership with Jake and the team at Notify. 
seems like a brilliant idea and one of those things that everybody says why didn't i think of that right i mean there's when a tea yeah. time opens up all of a sudden you send it out to everybody who's in that area and like, oh let's let's go yeah. play golf right there's lost revenue is all of a sudden regained it's it sounds like a brilliant idea you know i've always really viewed that rob as um as a service to our golfers you know whenever they would call and say, you know, I'd like a tea time Saturday morning at nine. I'm sorry we're full, but I'd be happy to take your name and number um, and uh, and call you if something opens up. And uh, Jake and his team just found a way to automate that. And so, um, really, it's just a it's a service that we that we provide to our regular golfers, and um, and then uh, just making sure that our tea sheets are as uh, as full as they can be. Brilliant, brilliant. Hey, I'll get you out on this one, Tom. Uh, you had penned a column for us not too long ago, but basically talking about some of the keys to a successful operation. Uh, if you could, could you uh, maybe touch on some of the things that you feel are most important for a successful operation, be it a daily fee or a private club? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think it starts, Rob, with um, with a clear and aligned vision um, of exactly what, who you are and what you're trying to be first and foremost, so that, you know, the team that is, uh, charged with executing that, um, that there's alignment there. Um, and then from there, uh, just making sure you're properly organized for success from a, um, a team standpoint. Um, you know, uh, somebody has to be in charge, um, of, of, of the, uh, of achieving the vision and uh, they can't do it alone. So, um, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, having, you know, just making sure that that if membership development is the key objective at a, at a property, that we have um, uh, the, the strongest, um, most talented membership salesperson that we can have um, and not, you know, not stopping until we until we have that person in place. So, um, <clears throat> making sure that there's clear uh, alignment in the vision and then um, making sure that the that the business, whether that's a private club, uh, a municipal operation or um, what have you, that the team is organized for success. You, you know, you can't uh, you shouldn't expect success um, with anything less than, you know, the highest performing team that you can have. And I feel like we're really good at doing that, at, at assembling teams and and um, you know, supporting them and in, in their success and challenging them. And um, <clears throat> so just at the highest level, the first two things that come to mind are an alignment vision and an organization for success. That's fantastic. Uh, good, good thing to to follow in whatever business you're in, I'm sure. Uh, That's right. How can people find more out about uh, landscapes golf management? Yeah. Um we uh recently renovated our website. Um, Mark Mattingly, executive vice president, uh, um, undertook that, uh, that um, act, yeah, effort to, to, to just really do the best job telling our story that we can, um, at least online. So www.landscapesgolf.com, lots of case studies on there. Our team is identified on there. All of our service delivery um, opportunities are on there. So um, start there and then um, people can contact me directly, T Everett at landscapesgolf.com um, and uh, M Mattingly at landscapesgolf.com. So 
Uh, we're passionate about what we do. We love sharing our talent with our clients and, and really appreciate the opportunity to, to uh, visit with you this morning, Rob. Thank you very much for your time. And everybody go to landscapesgolf.com. Is that right? That's right. Okay, landscapesgolf.com or clubandresortbusiness.com. We've got a lot about landscapes golf management on our website as well. Uh, take care, stay well, and have a great day.